What's up, everybody? James here with James Gourmet Pies. And it's LaTroy Woods representing LaTroy Woods. We want to thank you guys for being here today with The Way to the Top. It's always about the process, right, guys? It's always a process. It's not about reaching the top because you're never there for very long. The feeling's going to subside and you're going to be left with yourself. It's the process is where the magic is happening. And since we're talking about the process, I want to introduce to you guys somebody very special that's come across my path. And my great friend, his name is Art Citron. So let me welcome my good friend. With an editing career that spans decades and bridges two centuries, Art Centron is addicted to the white knuckle thrills that only timelines, jump cuts, and motion graphics can deliver. Art has worked in film, TV producing, director, has won an Emmy Award for his prowess as an editor. Art is also known as a relationship builder, trained actor, and understands the business side of production. Some of Art's works include some of these which you may know, Rachel Ray's 30-Minute Meal, Restaurant Impossible, Nickelodeon, Queen Latifah Show, Rock This Boat, New Kids on the Block, Trading Spaces, and A Wedding Story, which was the winner of the 2003 Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Achievement in Single Camera Editing. In 2017, Art would be nominee for a Daytime Emmy for an Outstanding Single Camera for the TV series Weird But True. The Mescape TV Web MD broadcast, Art was editor, produced editor, and produced and created graphics and after effects for a medical-based web series. While winning two tele awards for TD, Driving Car, TV Cell Therapy. Art has also cut a multitude of promos for MTV to NBC Sports and the wonderful list with Bill Ware for CNN, Food Network, TLC, A&E, The History Channel, MVT2, ABC, Style Network, HGTV, Fox, Discovery Channel, just to name a few, and films such as Men of War and Viper. With a diverse background in education, Art went to Princeton University for Biology in 1981, also attended the University of Arts, getting a BFA, a Bachelor's Fine Arts, Film and Animation Education in 1988, followed by the California Institute of the Arts in 1993 for a Master's Fine Arts and Directing Theater and Video and Cinema degree. Art Citron is on the way to the top just as we all are, right? Our friend, although outwardly accomplished, is in the process just like we all are. The real question is, what are we looking for on the way to the top? Let's have a conversation about what we find on the way, and let's find out what Art's perspective is. So thank you for being here today, Art. Let me know if I left anything out. You left way too much in. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, That's a heck of a resume like, right there. <laughs> th- thank you. It's, you know, I've been doing this for 30 years, but, um, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. It's like, you know, you know, people say you're going to the top. I, I haven't been there yet. I just keep growing. It's like, I'm, you know, if I ever get to the top, it's the day I go bye, see ya. And I'm out, you know, because it's like, you can't. I mean, you either grow or you die. And that's, you know, I want to grow. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I heard you never really stop learning and you never stop growing. Or like you said, that's when you die, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's like what, you know, they all say it. It's like, the, you know, an organism's, you know, grow or die. The universe is growing. It's not dying. It's not shrinking. And the science, you know, has proved that. It's like it keeps expanding. And as we... As the universe expands, we have to follow suit and expand. And that's just, you know, that's the way it is. That's the way we are. That's the way we were built. It's in our DNA. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what would you say, what was your life like? Before we even get into the career, um, what was life like for you growing up? Um, what does your background look like? Um, honestly, I was a, a slacker. Um, uh you know, I, I, I did okay in school, but I basically, I, I coasted my way through school. Um, I was a real, I was a smart kid. So I kind of remembered a lot of things, um, which, you know, was good, good things in some levels and made me very lazy on other levels. And I just ended up just like, like kind of like skiing through life and not really stopping to do anything. Um, uh, for a long time, I, I went to college when I was, you know, I, I took basically a five year 
gap between high school and college, you know, and uh, got into, um, I thought I would be a doctor. My parents wanted me to be a doctor. Um, and uh, I went for the, I went the biology route for a couple of years, decided that's not what I wanted to do. Um, took another couple of years off and um, decided uh, to get into art school. I wanted to be at that time a graphic designer and I, I quit the job. I was working for an ad agency, quit the job, walked two blocks to the school, um, University of Arts, the Philadelphia College of Art, and brought in a portfolio that I, I basically put together over the course of like maybe two weeks. Walked in, they accepted me. A week before school started, I got in and I was in school for um, a, a year, decided to go out of not doing graphic design to go into film and animation. And I was in an, film and animation and also industrial design. And then uh, took another year off and went to, to realize I didn't learn anything and um, learn anything that could get me work. And I decided I really want to be a director. And I was I went to Cal Arts. I got into a really specific department directing theater, film, and cinema. And they only accepted out of something like 400 um, applicants, five people for my year. And I got in. My mentor was Alexander McKendrick, Sandy McKendrick. He was a, a director back in... Um, 50s, 60s, and, and early 70s, and he he directed, and he was my director, who was, pretty, okay, so, names, you know, Christmas, just before Christmas break, and I, um, I was, bye guys. I'll see you in you know, next, you know, couple of weeks. And they would come here, sit down. What do you want to do when you get out of school? You know, we're hanging out. I'm having a drink with these two old guys drinking really bad brandy. And they go, what do you <laughs> want to do when you get out of college? And it's like, honestly, I'm in a directing program. I want to learn how to direct. You know, I'm a director. I want to be a director. So they said, the only way to direct is you have to edit. Because if you edit, you can see all the mistakes and all the good things that a director is doing. And an editor is basically the second director on a film. So they got me in touch with this other old time editor. And uh, I was his intern on a bunch of really bad feature films, a couple of um, John Claude Van Damme films, a Lorenzo Lamas film, um, a Dolph Lundgren film, and learned a lot and really decided this is where I want to do. I'm going to sit in the chair and be, be the editor. Um, worked on a couple of features in LA. My girlfriend at the time went back to New York. She said, I followed you out here. You either follow me or we're done. And after I was working on a feature and finished that thing up and probably like six months later, I was back in, in New York. And New York is a lot different than LA because New York is, LA is a, a lot of feature films. New York's the other way. New York has a lot of television stuff and a lot of reality stuff. So I ended up falling into doing a lot of reality. And I've been doing reality TV since uh, 94. So I've been doing reality stuff since 94. A couple of little features here and there, a couple of documentaries. But it's all been reality. And, um, you know, and it got me to the point now where I'm at now is I've been editing for, you know, quite a while. And I want to start to branch off and start to do my own thing. Um, so I have, you know, besides me as bald guy in the kitchen, I've been working with a, a couple of people right now to pitch a show that um, initially was a documentary and now we're pitching it as a reality, not a reality, I would say it's a, a documentary series about um, celebrity chefs. So now we're pitching it to places like Netflix. So we'll see where that goes. The, the way you talk about it, are, it makes it seems like you're still at the beginning of, oh, yeah. of your process and your journey. Like this life that you're pursuing is still very, very alive from like day one. It really, oh, it really is just because, um, you know, honestly, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way as everybody does. And um, I also wasn't aware of who I was doing the work that I'm doing now. So I burned a lot of bridges and I made a lot of, I would say they're enemies, but definitely a lot of people 
don't like me for who I was. And so I'm basically reinventing myself. You know, I've, I've gone to some pretty dark places in my past and I was a pretty angry person. And honestly, I started to really learn about who I was, my higher self of who I was um, probably within the last three to five years, but I would say three years and um, starting to, you know, now really starting to um, forgive my old ways and trying to start anew. And so I am, I'm reborn now. So I'm reborn. I'm a new kid and I'm just, I'm starting out as something completely fresh and new. And that's, you know, to do something that's also outside of my comfort zone. And though I do know it, it's something I've never done. And I really think I need to expand in this direction. So now you mentioned, um, reality TV. Um, Mm -hmm. and here's my relationship with reality TV, right? I love reality TV. But now it seems like the more information gets out there, they say that it's mostly scripted. So I can't really get into it like I used to get into it because now I'm wondering what's scripted and what's real with reality TV. Would you say there's any change in reality TV on how it's perceived or when it when it first started to how it is now? Or is any of it scripted or is it all real? How does that work? It's real only in the sense that the people are human beings oh. and everything and everything else is fake. Um, oh, man. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, I mean, honestly, the, everything, it, when you're talking about reality, you know, you're talking about like, um, you know, all the MTV stuff. That's all completely fake. They're all actors that have gone onto a set and they're playing themselves, but they're not playing themselves, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and then you have other reality, you know, like, you know, trading spaces, you know, that's a reality show, but, and that's not really scripted, but it is, it's scripted only in a sense that, you know, why don't you go over there and help her and do that thing and just get angry about this, you know, so you're, you're not really scripted, but you're kind of goaded by the on, on set producer. And they're the ones that are giving you the, you know, the, the, the direction, the, the production, um, you know, I hope I'm not making enemies of people out in the television world, but it's all <laughs> re- reality te- television. It's entertaining, but it's it's fake. And I mean, I, I, I was once working with a guy or not working with the guy, but somebody wanted to do a reality show, quote unquote, reality show where he wanted to set up a camera in uh, a local, um, you know, haircutting place. It's like, you know, here, listening to all these people's conversations. And it's like, you know, and I told them the two things that are going to happen is no one's going to watch this thing because you have a camera on for 12 hours a day. Nobody's going to sit there and watch. And if that's one and two, if you want to create something reality, the camera crew is you're going to pay a camera crew $10,000 a day to sit there and hope that something happens. And they don't they, they right. want to make money. They don't want to like, they don't want to send a crew there. It's like, oh, we'll we didn't get anything. Maybe tomorrow we'll get something. They script and they plot out everything, whether it's scripted or not. They have certain points that they have to get, and they want to have these tick points to create a story. Otherwise, people aren't going to watch these things because literally, it's like I, I told this. My one of my fir- my early gigs was I was working at um, oh god, what was the name of that show? Um, it was a dating show, and I can't change of heart. Change of heart was a dating show where a couple would come on to onto a. a I love that show. show. You love that show? All right. I loved all right. it. I won't, I, won't, I won't kill it for you, but it was all fake. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but but the, um, they would have a couple come on, and they would talk to the host, and then the couples would go on separate dates. Well, one couple went on a date, and the first thing they did was they got naked, made ca- ca- um, plaster casts of each other's naked bodies, and then made those sculptures and you know painted them and did all these things and you know i finished the show and you know it it was ridiculous whatever and uh i got a a call from one of the vice presidents and she basically i'd never seen the show and she goes you know this doesn't seem like a real real date and you know for what i joked with her i said really uh, my first date i I got naked with my first date and we and it's like (laughs) And she said, well, no, I'm serious. You know, you have to put clothes on them. It's like, I can't. It was, this was shot. This was approved. You know, honestly, nobody really wants to see a real date. A real first date is like, hi, I like peas. Do you like peas? 
Yeah, I awkward. Like, I heard, Real awkward. I, I heard Tom Cruise likes peace. You know, they, nobody wants to see that. They want to see sex. They want to see sex. They want to see nudity. Granted, I covered everything up. And so she basically said, you have to put clothes on them or you're fired. I said, unless someone reshoots it, I'll see you later. And that was, <laughs> it was, wow. it, it's so, like. So as a, as a, uh, I don't know if you said you were a writer or a producer, but you're mm-hmm. hired by the station or the show, or are you an independent contractor? I, well, I'm, I'm an independent contractor, but I'm hired to do, if I'm hired to do a, a series, a show, I'm hired for the run of the show usually. So if, if I'm producing or directing or editing something, I'm hired for maybe a couple of episodes or I'm hired to do a block of episodes or I'm hired to do the whole thing. So I'll do the whole thing like for change of heart and all that stuff for the production company. I was hired to do that. The whole seasons of the show. I was in, literally the, I was the head editor of the show. I was, there were two other editors under me and I basically finalized the edits to make them uniform. Um, yeah, so it's like, but there are different, you know, cat, you know people are also, it, it doesn't really happen much anymore, but it used to be that people would be hired per, on a permanent basis. And, you know, a lot of companies don't want to spend the money on, you know, their health care and, you know, benefits and all mm. that. So now they just bring people on, you know, as, as freelancers. And then it's up to you, you know, to get your own health care. A lot of people join unions to get that taken care of. So someone who's looking to get into that space, you would recommend they create their own LLC or um, look to get hired on? But you're saying most I, of them don't hire on. I, I would think you would, you would create your own. Most people have their own LLCs, wow. and um, it's better for your tax work anyway, um, and it keeps your books separate from your personal. You know, you may be... And you could have multiple, you know, streams coming in. You could be doing a, a gig for one person one week, and 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 now working from home, you could do, you know, one in the afternoon, one in the morning, and you have multiple streams coming in. Um, I, I would rec- recommend that. I mean, you know, it, unless you can get a job full time, and I did full time, and you know, recently I was working at. Um, let me just say it's a big um, web medical web hosting show or whatever and uh, i was i was there free i was there full time and you get the benefits but they don't pay you quite as well so i took pay cuts to get the benefits and i was there for three years and i craved telling stories and making you know something a little bit more edgy than medical stuff so um i basically uh left the the comfort to go back into um doing television what would you say, Art, that you've learned about yourself in this industry on both ends of the spectrum? What are the good things, since we're talking good and bad, what are the good things you find you've learned and the bad things you've learned about yourself being in this practice for as long as you have? Um, definitely, I'm a, a, a really good storyteller, at least a visual storyteller. Um, I am, it's, it's now it's intuitive for me how I edit. Um, I could basically... You know, as they say, I can get a, I can get a, they can hand me a piece of crap and I can make it into an eclair and I could do that with anything. I'm just, I'm just, I know I'm good at it and I know I'm, I could turn garbage into, you know, a masterpiece. I could do that. Um, and working with, you know, a lot of really great talented people, I got to learn from them and I got to, you know, tell stories that, you know, people have watched, you know, people will say something and say, oh yeah, I worked on that. I remember that, you know, and so it's kind of exciting in, in that. The downside to it is it's very competitive, and a lot of people take come to it from the, the mentality of lack. And you know, if I get this job, um, if he gets that job, I'm not going to get any work. And there's been a lot of competition, and that mentality kind of per, permeates this this industry. That is like you you know you're you're cutthroat. And I learned to be like that. And I hated myself for being like that. And I was, and I was very jealous of people that, you know, excelled in positions that I knew I could have gotten. And like I, like I said, I started to do mindfulness stuff, you know, probably within the last three, three to four years. And I started to change my thinking about everything. And it's like, it's not a competition. 
Um, it's a, it, it's you know everyone's sharing and it's all you know. So I, I, I've changed my way, and I'm, I'm you know I was a very angry man for a long period of time, and I I fell into seeing what the circumstances circumstances were, and I respond I reacted to them and not responded to them. I didn't go from a higher place of where I feel I'm getting to now. So. I feel like I, I I was just an angry. I had a chip on my shoulder. I was an angry person. I was a, like kind of an alcoholic, and I was just I I just really felt like I was I was always getting the short end of the stick. And I'm working my way to the other side. You know, it's hard because you know I'm changing habits. You know, it's like you know these habits that I have, these mentalities that I have. It's like it's like smoking. You know. It takes hard. It takes work to give it up, and sometimes those cravings come back, and it's a process. Yeah, what would you say was that turning point in your career? I think everybody reaches that point where you're trying everything that you can, and think you might get a little mediocre success, but um, most times. And, and if this was the case is what I'm asking for you, um, did you come across that thres- threshold that was like, this is the turning point. This is the thing that will build my career. Did you did you have that moment? I'm going to honestly say, well, I, I had several moments. And the first one was I was working for Banyan Productions in Philly. I had moved from New York and... Um, no, I mean, I'm going to start sooner. It's like I was working, I was an intern, and I got hired to edit a feature film, and that was a turning point. And that was when I was still in L.A. And um, the downside to that gig was I was working for a guy who was a um, known crook in Hollywood. And mm. he basically um, didn't pay anybody. But but found out later he had pocketed money from the production companies or his production company to build his house in Beverly Hills. So I left and moved to New York. That's you know where my wife girlfriend was. Okay. Well, what we'll do is we'll go back into this um, when we come back. We have to take a break right now. And, um, okay. Pay some bills and get the. Get the commercials going, but we okay. will definitely come back into that. Um, yeah. We're going to dive more into arts um, history, um, what, what it was like to kind of grow up as art, what it was like to go through the process, because we all have to go through the process. Um, and, and it sounds like, you know, he's reached where he wants to go and, and still has a lot more to prove. So um, I, we want to hear about all that. And, and when we come back, we will dive more into that. Most definitely, it's the process. It's the process, yeah. and art has a lot of practice in the process. So join us here after this break, and we would dive into that process, guys. There you go. This is James with James Gourmet Pies. It's Latroy Woods representing Latroy Woods at the way to the top. Radio News with Lance Pride. With President Biden on the verge of signing his coronavirus relief bill into law, the administration now faces a race against the clock and trying to get the relief out the door as quickly as possible. White House officials expect the $1,400 direct payments destined for most Americans will be sent out by the end of March. But other forms of the assistance in the $1.9 trillion package could take longer to allocate. China's legislature on Thursday passed a resolution called the Patriots Governing Hong Kong in a move to overhaul the city's elections. The Chinese Communist Party now controls the Asian financial hub's elections, reducing Democratic representation, a moment of silence, prayers, and anti-nuclear protests. Japan mourned 20,000 victims of the massive 9.0 earthquake and tsunami that struck Japan 10 years ago, destroying towns and triggering nuclear meltdowns in Fukushima. This is USA Radio News. 
Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic Yes, you can. You could save a lot of money, whether it's just for you or for an entire family. MediShare has an option for you. In fact, the typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. A federal judge has approved a $650 million settlement by Facebook. The egregious theft of privacy by Facebook should infuriate the people of the world. Facebook's theft of facial recognition and other biometric data without permission of its users is a lifetime loss for the user affected. Normally with a security breach, you simply change the password. Facial recognition is forever and there is no change. The Texas Rangers Baseball Club is ready to fully open for the season. Dan Naraki from the Ohio USA Radio News Bureau reports. When the Texas Rangers open their season on April 5th against the Toronto Blue Jays, they may do it in a packed ballpark. The Rangers may be the first team to welcome back fans at full capacity next month in the wake of Texas Governor Greg Abbott's removal of all restriction on businesses. The team says they will still have mitigation strategies in place. Fans will still have to wear masks unless actively eating or drinking at their seats. The Rangers' 40,518-seat Globe Life Field open last season with fans only being allowed back during postseason games. USA Radio News. Welcome back, everybody. This is James with James Gourmet Pies. And it's LaTroy Woods representing LaTroy Woods. And this is the process we're talking about. We have Art Citron, very accomplished in his life with the film and industry of filmmaking, editor, producing. It's been surrounded about this atmosphere for a very long time now. We're going on decades. But we left off with you, Art, talking about being in Hollywood and what this experience was like with being shortcutted when it comes to the process of this path that you've been on. So I don't know if you want to pick back up on that, Art. Yeah, yeah I mean, I was saying before, it's, you know, I my, my first real break was when I was basically still in college i was working in grad school i was working as an intern um and they got offered with this my my boss whoever my um intern es whatever intern internist um he hired me on to work on a feature with him and i got to work on a feature that was uh that was a, a 30 years in the making um process for the filmmaker because he had started it in the 60s and started it and restarted it in the 70s and then did it in the 80s and then started to do it again in the 90s. And that's when I, I stepped in and they were shooting in um, Europe, in Eastern Europe. And I got to edit this little piece. And then unfortunately, in the middle of production, he died. But the guy that owned the production company, the, the studio, um, stopped paying everybody and pocketed his money to... Um, and to build the second biggest house in Beverly Hills. So I, I went back with my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, went to New York and started working on reality television um, and got a, another break working for um, a company in uh, Chelsea, New York. And the Queen Latifah show needed an editor. And they knew I was editing, but I was working for the company that owned the studio. So they took me from the studio brought me in as an editor and I was I became really a full-time editor that was my first real full-time job even though it was it was a gig job you know but I was on for three seasons with them got to hang out with Queen Latifah and a bunch of other people and that was amazing and then I did Change of Heart then I got a really good break working for Banyan Productions and I was there for uh, a few years Banyan did Trading Spaces uh, I won my my Emmy with with them for the a wedding story. Did all the sto- all the stuff for TLC. We, we're basically we were the TLC 
production company and we did that for quite a few years they they went from 40 people to 240 people and then struck down the 12 and left to do another work for another company and that was all very interesting learning and growing and getting better at what i'm doing um and when everything dried out in Philly, I started working, commuting back up to New York. And that was very interesting. I got a few really great gigs there. Um, and I, was, I did that for a good, I'd say almost 20 years. And um, had some really great experiences with some really amazing places. But I felt like it was the same. I kept doing the same thing. Um, eventually got hired for... Um, I'm going to say WebMD. I was working for WebMD. I worked for them for three years. And that was interesting at first because I was working with a guy who I'd worked with on the Queen Latifah show. And we were doing doing these really nice mini documentaries, medical-based documentaries with these doctors and interviews. And it was really creative and freeing. And after two years, um, I started to get bored with it and eventually started looking for other things and finally got more work. And... I, and then I was working on something in Philadelphia uh, with a couple of friends of mine, and it was it was just a bunch of TV shows uh, and uh, a documentary series. And I got a call from an old editor that I worked with in LA, and I'm, I still kept in touch with him. And he was shooting a sizzle reel for a documentary about Chef Tell, and Chef Tell was a celebrity chef back in the '80s, who was basically one of the first big celebrity chefs since. Um, since, uh, oh God, what's her name? Um, Julia Child. Yes, thank you. Um, and he, uh, it was really, it was really interesting. He said, hey, you want to give me a hand on the, on the sizzle wheel? So I said, yeah, I'd love it. So we interviewed these people, including we captured the last interview that Regis Philbin ever did. So we got this really great pocket of packet of work. About a few months later, he called me and said, I want you to take over the project. I just don't have time. So I cut the sizzle reel so it was pristine, it was perfect, created a packet to send out to production companies or to networks, and uh, was getting no traction at all. And the company that I was working for, he said, what have you been doing besides you know, working with us? And I said, well, I have this thing I've been working on. So I gave it to him, and he said, you know, Mark Summers is looking to do this as a vehicle, right? And what he's been thinking about doing something like this for at least 10, 15 years. So I got a call from him and it's like, we have to pitch it to the Food Network. And the Food Network turned it down. So now we're repurposing it a little bit because we want to make this like an archive documentary series, not only about Chef Tell, but about the all these celebrity chefs that have been on television since Julia and you know Graham Kerr and uh, Martin Yan and all those guys. And it's a brilliant idea for a show because it's like everyone who's of that age remembers those guys. <clears throat> and that's where we're at now. So we, we're pitching it, try, getting ready to pitch it to Netflix, and we'll see where it goes. So what, what keeps driving you, Art? And you've been in this practice for, geez, decades. Mm-hmm. Have you found out who you are through this process? Not through that process, no. <clears throat> I mean, I, lo- I know that I'm a storyteller, and I love being a filmmaker, but honestly, it's I love entertaining, and that's really my, my key, is working for other people and doing it, unless you're, unless you're on some very special projects, and I've been on a few. Um, I've started to turn away from stuff that were, I felt like were bad karma, um, but I feel, like, I feel like what I'm doing for from my own self it brings me closer to what I want to do in, in my life. And it's like, I'm doing this little web show called ball guy in the kitchen. And I love entertaining and I love cooking. And then this chef's tell all thing that I'm doing on the former chef tell show, um, really feeling like this is going to take me to the level of me being the storyteller that I really want to be. I'm good at working with other people and good at creating these things, but I really think it needs to come the initial kernel of these stories need to come from me because I'm just telling some, some other people's stories. And I really want to start to tell maybe not so much my story, but I want to have my full imprint on it and not just me as the editor. I want to me as the producer, director, editor, you know, and just really get that full imprint out there. 
but as far as me growing in this, I, I, I'm always fascinated in doing these different jobs all the time. I love doing it. Um, and I feel like I grow in that in, in many ways, but I feel like to really, for me to be the storyteller, I really need to tell maybe not my own story, but I need to put my personality behind it. Well, that's awesome. Um, again, I want to um, applaud you for um, all that you've done in in um, the film industry in both L.A. and um, New York. Now, here's my question, right? Okay. So for all of us conspiracy theory people, um, they say there's a different side of Hollywood, right? The parties that has the doors that you don't want to go into because you can't unsee what you've just seen. Would you say that that's like a real thing in Hollywood? Um, I, I haven't seen it firsthand, but I know that it exists. There's a lot of um, you know, power-hungry people that think that they ha- are immune or above the law. I mean, Harvey Weinstein, for one, and I've seen a lot of stuff like that. I've seen people... Um, from grad school, these guys were these, you know, children of famous celebrities who became directors. And these children, very nice people, some of them, um, had no talent whatsoever. And somehow they managed to get these multi-million dollar, you know, films to make. And it's like these people aren't really directing it or producing it. They're like, there's somebody supporting them. And I've seen that firsthand. I've definitely seen that firsthand. Um, there are people that will not only for actors or actresses, but there are people that will take advantage of you as a director or a producer, you know, and, you know, everything from doing illegal things for them to, um, you know, sex to get, to get to do something. I've seen that. I haven't participated in it and it's probably to my detriment in some ways, just because I think I would have gone farther, but, you know, I do have certain standards of myself um, but yeah, it's, that's pretty real. It's pretty real. It's pretty commonplace. I think it's changing and I think it's starting, you know, because of, you know, the, the me too movement and everything. I think it's not just for on women, but it's on everybody. It's like, it's much more prevalent on women just because, um, they're e- not easier to be the, the target, but they are just because they, you know, a guy can, you know, a, a power guy like you know Harvey Weinstein could basically rape them and get him ahead. And but I've seen it in even lower levels. I mean, I had a friend of mine who was a um, she was a production assistant on a feature film, and I won't mention the actor's name, but he basically tried two tacks to try and get in her pants. And one was, how does it feel to be in a, a you know a trailer with somebody who makes more in his life in, more in, the, in this film that you, you ever will in, in your life and she said you know what you convinced me I'm going back to med school and she threw the, the coffee that she had for him on his lap and she walked out and never never returned so I mean for her you know she went into something that she felt a little bit more passion for um, there's a lot of you know they do take advantage of a lot of people because it's such a um, competitive thing where they'll, they'll bring you on as an intern and you'll work 20 hour days. And if you look like you're tired, they'll, t- they'll torment you. And then I had one job where I was working for, um, on a, a film and the director basically came in and everything I did, he was screaming at me. And it's like, why are you, I mean, I couldn't, t- and then we finished the project, um, sent it up to, you know, to the client. This was on a, a Wednesday, Thursday, they sent back notes. He said, this is great. We don't need to do anything. Friday, I'm sitting at my desk. Oh, thank God. I don't have to do anything. So I'm just going to relax today. They waited to the last minute of the last day on Friday and said, you're fired. You can pack up your things. You're done. And they kicked me out. Wow. And that's the type of real power abuse. that the, And this person who did this to me is a big, big producer and has done big major films, you know, major films. And, and he was just a, a power-hungry, abusive person. Wow. And I think, I think a lot of it is, 
And a lot of it is because it's almost like a fraternity. It's like, well, they did it to me. I have to do it to you. And I think that's just the mentality of a lot of it. Right. What, what about with the battle, right, of good versus evil? Because I'm a very spiritual person. I believe that mm-hmm. there's a God and that there's mm-hmm. a devil. Um, would you say that there are, like, you pretty much have to sell your soul one way or the other to make it in the Hollywood or the actor, or any scenes out there? Do, do you see a lot of people going to the extremes of both ends? I've seen both. I've seen all of it. And I've also seen people who have maintained their goodness and talking about bigger actors. I've mentioned Tom, Tom Hanks is one, one of the nicest people in the world. Um, Oh God. uh, John Ritter. John Ritter was literally one of the sweetest, nicest people anyone has ever worked with. And would, he would take his shirt off for you. That's what, I mean, he was just, giving nice person. So there are people out there that that are that are in tune with their higher self. And I think a lot more of those people in any industry, especially in Hollywood, that you think with all the scum that's going on. But these there are some really genuine genuinely nice people that are out there. They're really good people that are trying to change a lot of that in just being um just being an example. And so and I, I have friends, you know, that I work with who are also very high up in, in industry and they will not they will not allow people in their in their world to be abusive to people and to, to take advantage of people and they're trying to change that paradigm um, and I'm you know I know I'm going to get to that position where I'm going to start to hire and fire people I'm not so much fire but hire people and I'm not going to push people you know through what I wouldn't do myself and I will do that right along with them. And there are a lot of people that will do that. There are a lot of people that will take advantage of you and will throw crap on, on the ground. It's like, pick it up and don't fin- don't leave until you're finished. And I don't want to do that. I don't think, I, I think you have to lead by example. And I think that's, you know, you pay it forward and you do good things forward. And that's just the way it is. And I think there are a lot of people in Hollywood that are like that. Yeah, well, I, I know that there's some... Mm-hmm good in every bad person and some bad in every good person but my question is more surrounded around spirituality is there a lot of uh work is there a lot of like uh people who are open to talk about their spirituality if they believe in god or if they're devil worshipers i guess a lot of the black cloud over la is a lot of there's a lot of people that are on the demonic side and I, I was wondering if, if that's a thing or not. That I've never heard of. I know there are people that are um, into a lot of darker things, um, not knowing any of them personally, but I know that I think there's more good out there than bad in, in the Hollywood, in, in the film and television industry. There are a lot more good. I think a lot more people that are spiritual. I think I'm noticing a lot of, friend, a lot of people that I know, um, if they're either... They know they knowingly are doing it, or they are, um, as Bob Proctor would say, um, conscious, you know, unconscious competence, where they're doing great things and they have great attitudes and they're giving off this wonderful, you know, power of love to everybody that they're working with. There are a lot of people that are doing that, and I've worked with quite a few people, and I think you you can only get so far with with talent. But if you don't have the attitude, then that talent is not going to not going to take you any further than where you're going. And there are a lot of people that don't that are talented and good and are giving. And those are the ones that are excelling. And then there are a lot more of those excelling than not. You know, I have a question for you, Art. Yeah. Seems like you've given a good part of your life to this practice. And, you know, with that being said, what impact do you want to have on this industry of film? To me, I have um, a mantra of um, entertain, inspire, and educate and feed the mind, body, and soul of everybody who enjoys my work. And that's really, those are my, those are my mantra. My, that's my mantra, basically. Is, um, and that's really when I, want to, it, you know, when, I want, when I leave the world, 
I want to have that as my legacy. It's like I've ed- I've entertained, educated, inspired, and fed people's souls and bodies and minds. And I feel like that's important because it's like, you know, you could do, you could do t- television documentaries, you could do all this stuff, but if if they're not walking away thinking about it, if they're not walking away changed in some way, then I feel like it's like it's a waste because you you know. You know, thanks. I just lost an hour watching that thing, or thank you. I just watched an hour watching that thing. I would rather have the one where they feel like they've they've gone through a bit a bit of a journey and learned something. And I like that. I, I want that's what I want to leave the world with. And what are you doing today, specifically today, to make that happen and have that be your legacy? Well, today I just finished and uploaded um, the latest episode of my bald guy in the kitchen. Um, I started, um, I'm in the middle of writing a script that, um, I, that I have Lily, Col- Lily Collins in mind to be the lead. Lily Collins is, um, Phil Collins daughter, um, this beautiful young woman. Um, and, uh, I actually, um, sent a letter and I got a letter back or an email back from her agent. I said, I'm writing a script and I have her in mind. Um, would you guys, would you be interested in looking at this? And it's like, if you have an agent, I'll definitely look at it. So who knows? I, I, I mean, I think it's gonna, it would be a fun little story that I'm trying to write about, her, uh, not about her, but her as a character, I think would be really nice. And uh, like I said, it's all about, um, you know, what do, what do doctors say? You know, what is their thing? Do no harm. You know, I want to do a little bit more than that. I want to do good. And that's really uh, everything I'm doing. I just want to entertain. I want people to walk away feeling happy feeling good about sitting there watching it. That's really what it's all about. And there are so many great things out there in, in film and television that, you know, I enjoy watching and I would enjoy working on. And that's, you know, and if it can come from me, I'd be much, I'd be very happy to. You know what, to feed on that just a little bit deeper. Yeah. What advice or influence would you give to somebody listening that you could give them in this industry of where you've given your life to? Um, honestly, stay true to yourself. That's the number one. Um, be truthful. And um, don't don't sell yourself short. Don't, you know, don't compromise. Um, and, you know, if I, if I were to tell myself, th- my 30, you know, 30-year-old guy, my 30-year-old me, it's like those are the things because I felt, you know, I felt you, I, things I needed to learn that I know now. So you are worthy to take what, to get what you want. Don't sell yourself short and say, tr- stay true. Don't compromise. And those are the, those are the words that I'm, I'm really starting to take away in my learnings in the last few years. It's like, you just have to be, you have to be truthful to the higher self of you. And, and if you give up that and you're attached to that, you're connected to that, then, you know, it's like, it's all, it's all good. Cause you're, you're in, you're in a state of flow and that's really what it's all about. That's awesome. Um, did you have like a, what was like the, the hardest part of breaking into this industry? Like, did you have to go through something that was almost breaking, but you had to fight through it, like homelessness or like not getting opportunities and you thought about walking away, but you came back? I, I've never walked away because honestly, um, I'm at a point, I've been at a point in my life where um, I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so I can't walk away. Um, I, I have gone to places, I've been in places that um, I did compromise that I wish I'd known better. Um, you know, it was to, for me, honestly, it wasn't hard breaking into the industry because I, I was lucky enough to get into a situation in grad school that got me into a situation in, in, as an intern that got me to be an editor. And I felt like it was I, I felt like I was like really in a good state. Wow. Wow. So um, how do we get to. How, how do we get to contact with you? The last two minutes we'd like to spend on um, how everybody can get in contact with you. Um, 
what, what projects you have coming up that you'd like us to check out. Um, can you go into detail about that? I can. Um, well, people can contact me. Um, I have Mind Surgery TV and Film Productions, and that is my production company. Um, Bald Guy in the Kitchen is the show that I'm working on. And either through any one of those places, I'm on Facebook as Art Citron and Bald Guy in the Kitchen. You can reach me there. Um, the projects that I'm working on, Bald Guy in the Kitchen, um, Chefs Tell All, my film, my film that I'm writing. Um, I potentially am in the running to do a um, edit a a new show, a pilot for a new show that I'm going to be um, starting probably within the next two weeks. And I'm excited about that. That'll be through a company I used to work for um, big fish entertainment. Um, and that's about it. Those are my three things right now that have been consumed me. I'm, you know, I'm also well, starting awesome. a, uh, to teach on, I'm going to do an online course to teach people to be filmmakers. Well, we Whether definitely have, appreciate you joining us today. Uh, it was very informative. It's good to hear sometimes on the inside of what's going on um so we definitely appreciate you joining us today yeah thank you my friend thank you art for sharing this 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 part of yourself getting to let people know who art really is you know and just keep taking that process and moving forward so you guys check out art he's doing a lot of great stuff out there and i highly recommend you get a part of his world and what he's doing in the film industry so thank you guys and thank you art 